Hi, welcome to BoobTube, the podcast where smart women talk about what they're watching and not watching. I'm Amanda Teuscher. And I'm Sarah Whitus. You are. Very good. Remembering to introduce myself this week. Good job. Yes. Hey, wait, what did you do last time? I just launched into it without saying who either of us <laughs> were, as if anyone could be confused. But yeah. yeah. <laughs> that's, you know, but just just for the record, we are who we are. We are who we are. We're not saying our names again. You get no. one chance. <laughs> yeah, um, you can just find it on the internet now. Yeah. Look it up. Um, read a book. Okay, so in news this week, um, no more Sandy on Great British Bake Off. This is breaking news as of today. This is like, I think like Vanity Fair or something published it. I think it was Variety. Oh, Variety. It started with a V and ended with a T-Y. Like, you were very close. Cut me some flat. Yeah. Yeah. Um, uh, they... Yes. Yeah. Why would Vanity Fair be? (laughs) (laughs) They do. To be fair, uh, I listened to two entertainment-related podcasts from the Vanity Fair people, the uh, Little Goldman Oscar kind of awards podcast, and then they do TV ones as well. So not crazy. Not crazy. That's true. Not crazy. Um, They wouldn't have broken this news. They wouldn't. This might be. Yeah. But but we're very sad about it. She's so um, funny. I love Sandy. I'm very bummed out that she's not coming back. I mean, I love, I love Noel, and we'll still be fine with Noel. I assume they will replace Sandy with someone. I guess they could just give it all to Noel, but I feel like that might be so too well much Noel her, for some. Yeah, and I feel like that might be too much. It's not too much Noel for me, but I can see it being too much Noel for some people who are well. Wrong like you need about it. Things. Like Sandy is the straight man for him. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree. I know. But, you know, Sandy uh, is, so she's pursuing, I love that she specifically said in her statement, she's like, (laughs) it was like some people would say that they're leaving a show to spend more time with their families and I'm leaving the show to spend more time with my work. Other work. (laughs) Like, hmm, kind of a burn. (laughs) It is a burn. It is kind of a burn. I mean, like, I But she had like a gracious statement where she was like, the real star of the show are the bakers and like, they'll be fine without me. Yeah, I mean, that's true. I just, I love her. Um, I, she's already, I mean, she's quite famous in the UK, I think, and, and does a lot of stuff. I mean, <laughs> right, not that we would, uh, not that we would care here in the United States, the center of everything um, and all things entertainment. But, I mean, um, even their royalty is leaving to come here, so uh, what does that Good tell point. You? Good point. Maybe you know what I can see if if Nicole Byer were to leave, nailed it. It'd be kind of funny if Sandy uh, Tosfig uh, took over on nailed it. But not that not that Nicole Byer should leave. That would it. be funny. But it would be kind of funny to like just go to another food show. But apparently she's just gonna host other stuff. But like I don't know. I mean, admit this is sad to me. I love Cindy. Um, and yeah, I mean. I just can't imagine <laughs> having this gig and being like, mm, what else is out there? <laughs> yeah, like, um, I have a really hard job where I have to literally do five minutes of work a day. And then, it's probably like, it's very like, well I just paid. Do time calls, which they make fun of in it, like the fact that they're just doing time calls. It, it, like, she should probably get paid a ton of money, and then she gets to try all these lovely desserts. Yeah, and then you get to eat these pastries. I mean, she also mentioned that. 
in her statement something about an expanding waistline, which, you know, I can't, re- you know, all right. Fair enough. <laughs> but yeah, working on any TV show involves a very well-stocked uh, craft services table. But, um, you know, I just, it just seems like such a dream. I don't know why you'd want to leave it. Yeah, maybe too- actually, maybe Prue, maybe, oh, you know what? I bet Paul Hollywood is a nightmare. <laughs> Let's spread that rumor. I think this is because of Paul Hollywood. I think that he insulted Sandy, said something mean to her, and um, she... That's canon. This is... Yeah, I just... I don't believe that... I'm not sure that Paul is a good person. So Paul is 100% not a good person. <laughs> yeah. Paul yeah, Hollywood, like, we, I was being gracious, but like, we have no we have no questions about this. It's shitty. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, the other big news today, I don't know if you saw this, but uh, Watchmen is so i didn't uh, see this not not pursuing another they're not pursuing another season of watchmen now i still need to watch watchmen and i still do want to um sarah i have a horrible feeling i'm not gonna finish it oh you never finished it no i'm the worst oh i didn't i got a bunch of people to watch it because it was good and then i got distracted by things like the the witcher like oh man i didn't know that you didn't finish it um no and i still like intend to but i also have that one of those horrible feelings where it's like you know yourself amanda you know you're not gonna finish that show because once i start like something if i don't keep going right away with it i like don't go back to it yeah you gotta like keep that momentum going um i i mean i know that the like prevailing feeling of a lot of people who did watch the Watchmen um, was that it should not. In fact, there's no need for any more. Is and, that right? Uh, that it yeah. ended with like a, enough of a yes. Oh, okay. Well, so it's not because it was like unpopular. No, I think it is because um, Damon Lindelof doesn't want to do any more of it. I think okay. that is. I think that's the reason. It's not mm. certainly not that HBO doesn't want to do any more of it. Um, I see. Yeah, so that's kind of interesting. You don't see this very often. <laughs> Just a show ending um, its creator knowing that, you know what? Yeah. Did enough. Um, so I, I have a lot of respect for uh, Damon Lindelof. I was also so it's reading actually going to be a limited series, unlike Big Little Lies, that lied Correct. about saying he was only- I'm still mad about that. Like, the two yeah. award show things, besides just, like, Ricky Gervais in general... Um, that I'm most annoyed by from like the past two years are like just big little lies getting nominated for best limited series. And then also Rami Malek at the Oscars just in general. (laughs) Yeah. Those are two infuriating events of last year. And I mean, gross with Lucy Boynton. That's interesting because now I am curious. I mean, I'm curious because Watchmen was not billed as a limited no, series. No, that's what's in, so interesting in about the way it, right? that yeah, right, that your your Big Little Eyes or whatever was. Um, it was, was like they thought like it gave this that impression way. that they were like looking for like their next big prestige show. Yeah, so I wonder if they will try to run it in an Emmy race. Uh, of course, at that point, it's going to be. It debuted at a weird time. That's like probably bad for yeah. the Emmys. Um, at you know, kind of near the end of the year. They'd need to remember it still by next summer, which like 
They may not, but I'd be curious to see if like HBO submits it um, as a limited series <laughs> or as a drama series. Um, that's kind of interesting. I was also reading today a show that you didn't watch the second season of, but I did and I really liked. Um, Mindhunter. Mindhunter, yeah. I, did you see what I did there? I hunted in your mind and I found <laughs> I knew what it was. You okay. totally incepted I'm a Mindhunter. <laughs> Amanda. Mindhunter. Well, actually, if they do another season, maybe it should be about, Mime Hunter. about you. <laughs> okay, what, what show am I? <laughs> uh, are you okay. miming mime, mime Hunter? <laughs> I, so, so Mindhunter was, they announced, I think they announced, I'm not sure if they announced this today. It was like this week, I it think. Was but, like, um, it was just within the last few days, I think. Yeah, that um, the whole cast of Mindhunter is being released from their contracts because... David Fincher is like busy working on other things and uh, he's not sure if he's going to return to Mindhunter, which really is, is also interesting because that was a show that was specifically building towards a specific um, event. Wait, which so is... the second season didn't resolve that. Cause it was no. that one killer in like Kansas, right? Exactly. The, the, um, oh God, it's the, it's, it's three letters. I'm forgetting the name bound, the, BTS, I think. I was yeah. about to say BL killer, BLT. <laughs> the BLT killer, yeah, <laughs> the BLT killer. Um, like, that's not it. That's not it. That's, that's not, not it. Amanda. But it is three letters and it starts with B. Yeah. Um. Yeah. They were. It's leading up. No. It's. It kind of continues the. You know. Oh, motif that was started in the it. first season. How could they keep no, it? it still doesn't even get there. Well, that's but they get a lot closer to it, and because yeah. um, it's still not there, like in the timeline of the show, and so. That was definitely, it's like clearly leading very close to that for the next season. So I think that's that's a, kind of a, a wild decision. And after the most recent season of the show, I'm actually pretty bummed out to think that we're not going to get another Mindhunter season. I think that's yeah, actually a really good minds. show. <sighs> I love those minds. I love hunting the minds. God. So a little bit of... Uh, a little bit of sad TV news today. Or, well, you know, good, good news for back. The Watchmen, maybe. Good Place, good place is, back. is Back. as we record. Yeah, tonight. Um, Amanda, stop spoiling the end of the show. Well, they're in the bad to... place. <laughs> no, I'm at the end of our show. We're going to get to watching and not watching. Oh. <laughs> but. I just forget how things work. Yeah. It's been a while. Only, it's okay. You've only done like 45 of these um well you know i also have not mentioned the fact <laughs> that i forgot my microphone at my mom's house in cleveland um so i'm using my crummy computer microphone again because i brought that microphone to my mom's and then found out that my work computer that i was using did not have a usb port because apples are dumb and left then left the mic there so i brought it to where i couldn't use it and then left it there so boob tube is a is nothing if not a podcast forever on the cutting edge just, of yeah, technology just like an incredibly well-run <laughs> yeah well-oiled machine we have here. yep a really impeccably produced show with um you know just incredible yeah i mean it's because i fired my assistant audio. so right you did you did do that i fired you know and why did you do that that was a bad call you needed that well assistant. i fired them because i left my microphone yeah and they haven't <laughs> that so was actually their fault for not get it for me yeah they were gonna drive through the night to ohio to get it and bring it back for this episode yeah but instead you fired them oh. anyway 
Um, that's why I sound bad. I so like before you ask, I feel fine. Like listeners, I don't have a cold. Don't worry. Yeah, don't worry. Amanda is physically fine. I'm mostly okay. Yeah. Yeah. You know, in all you know, in the ways that she is, you know, in all the normal ways that she's usually fine, excluding all of the ways in which you're never fine. You know, there's those. Yeah. Do you want to tell me more about that, Sarah? <laughs> what do you mean by that? <laughs> you know your bum leg and stuff <laughs> the peg leg uh, yeah <laughs> Amanda the hair. pirate no oh God, never your <laughs> hair pirate. your hair is always on um, point yeah so is yours your hair looks good by the way thank you yours yeah. looks great I know thanks. it thanks I only was saying that so you would say the same thing so. <laughs> <laughs> um, anyway, should we talk about television I don't know I guess we should talk about television yeah um, we should Talk about television. Briefly, gonna... we, we should mention Golden Globes. Um, happened. Fleabag won. Fleabag won. So that was uh, good. So your they, new they... favorite show, Succession, won. Oh, yeah. Listeners, we will get to that. Um, yeah. Shout out to our friend Chrissy. Um, and also our friends Brian and Kate who got me to start watching it. But guess what? All that shit I gave Sarah was misplaced and wrong. The show is great. Mm-hmm. So, you know, we can talk. Um Yep. Yes, succession. Um, there was, you know, there's a lot that overlapped with the booby tubey. So I'm glad that the Hollywood foreign press was like paying attention to what we had awarded late in 2019 to inform yeah. their own awards. Um, Definitely. They only were, with television, I mean, not with. Yeah. Film. You know, we're voting members of the Hollywood Foreign Press Association. So. Yeah. Um, I was upset that um, both Unbelievable and Caitlin Deaver were nominated. Uh, and I would have liked to see, especially Caitlin Deaver for Unbelievable, I would have liked to see her win. Um, I thought she was really good. I thought she was, the acting in the show was, well, Merritt Weaver was sometimes a little, a little. See, see um, and I liked Merritt Weaver a lot more than you did, I find I think. her really likable. Yeah. You know, like, I really like Merritt Weaver, but I found, like, some of her, like, when she'd be interrogating people, like, I was, it just felt like she was, now she's going to pretend to be a cop. But, um, <laughs> but like, Tony Collette was, of course, like, impeccable. And yeah. Caitlin Deaver was great. And I also wanted Caitlin Deaver to win just so she could, like, stand up on the stage and I could see that dress again. She's yeah, really cool she dress. looked really good. Um, Chernobyl won instead of Unbelievable. <sighs> Which is, like, fine. I mean, it's not like I didn't... And I really liked Chernobyl. It's not like I didn't like it. I just feel like... Um, and it was very visually Im- it's impressive. It's just like, I feel like our news but... has too much Ukraine in it right now. And, like, we didn't need it at the Golden Globes. Yeah, and I just feel like Unbelievable <laughs> was telling... <laughs> well, I I mean, honestly... You don't have to agree with that. I do not think it. It's not a real opinion. <laughs> um, I mean, I just feel like Unbelievable was telling such a profound story that you don't hear you just don't see yeah that story told uh on television in in the way that it was told and yeah like i, I don't know we've had a million historical biopics sort of. yeah yeah i don't know plus yeah. a a uh, historical you know f- a historical fiction series in which like you know a lot of things were you know kind of like fudged and i just feel like yeah the story yeah. that unbelievable told was very very special yeah like also was like not true because like it was 100 percent america's fault <laughs> and 
<laughs> but I was going to say, but it was like, you know, this whole, I just feel like people had a lot of issues with Chernobyl that then kind of got swept under the rug at award season. But anyway, yeah. uh, the other thing, the other note <laughs> when I was going to bring up was um, Patricia Arquette <laughs> for, <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> for your favorite name show. One of our, I know, this is what I'm talking about with the overlap. Like if like the Hollywood foreign press is going to ever yeah. look at like our awards, they're going to, it's the Hollywood foreign press, so they're going to mess something up. And in this case, they're going to be like, oh, the act? I bet they really liked that, even though it was on our list of like best not watching. <laughs> yeah, and <laughs> that, that, that award was, uh, in. I didn't, I can't. That's inscrutable to me. I can't. Uh, I can't scrut that. <laughs> I don't know. It. It's, un- it's not. It's, it's not, not possible s- to be screwed. You can't screw uh, it. <laughs> yeah. Unscrutable. Uh, um, she's such a Looney Tunes. It was great. She really is a. She retweeted her stuff at work though. So I like, it. I feel like kind of warmly toward her right now. Oh yeah. Well, she's a real. She's a real. Uh, a real Hollywood liberal, as they say. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I called it the Patty Arquette bump. So, <laughs> did you see though that she? Hit, and they're like the Amanda um, what now? <laughs> did she hit her coworker in the head with a golden like the trophy by accident and gave her a bruise? <laughs> oh my god, no, I didn't. Did see you see that. this? It was like on page six. <laughs> it's so funny. I mean, those um, things are heavy. You got to be careful with them. Let's see if I can find you the just headline. Go just tossing like, real it quick, around. And then we can stop talking about the Golden Globes. Um, but it's like in the picture. Joey King, so that was the, the, um, the uh, actress who played, who played the, the girl. girl. Yeah, yeah. The headline: um, Golden Globes 2020 from page six. Joey King bruised after Patricia Arquette hits her with Golden Globe trophy, and this picture <laughs> of her like with this like like crazy bruise like right on her forehead. It's so great. I want to see her like in the back of an ambulance with like a bandage tied. <laughs> <laughs> like, I didn't read the article. So Patricia like, Arquette clear on how it happened try intentionally tried to murder her co-star um it's just, which is like that's the act it's yeah i mean <laughs> that yes life imitating art yeah um but so, yeah should we talk about some things we've watched yeah so some things we've watched so i was going to talk about two shows that i have been watching uh in real time not on a amazing streaming network uh amazing have not binged them at all um and it's kind of nice i you know whenever i do this i'm always like oh it's kind of nice to just tune into a show every week um so these shows are uh they air back to back on showtime on sunday nights so um, what this means is that Sunday night. Is this a nights... guessing game? Am I... Are we going to have to guess what it is? <laughs> I mean, you could just Google it real quick. Sounds like on... how many syllables? <laughs> what airs on Showtime on Sunday Yeah, nights. exactly. <laughs> um, so one is work in progress and one is the L word generation Q, which I believe I'm legally required to add the generation Q to the title there. I wonder um, what Q stands for. So I think it's supposed to stand for queer. That was a joke. <laughs> well also i was like what at first i was like wait it what are they calling like of course it stands for queer <laughs> just i don't know if you haven't if anyone out there hasn't heard of the l word the q stands for queer <laughs> <laughs> um and the l for lesbian stands for love <laughs> herald their lesbians um <laughs> if you aren't on this carol meme from 2016 i don't even want to know you um 
So yeah, um, that this what this means is that now Sunday nights on Showtime are the gayest ninety minutes on television, um, which I think personally is great. Um, so I think that uh, Work in Progress airs after the L Word, but I'm gonna start with Work in Progress. So. Work in progress. The log line for this show is um, a a self-identified fat queer dyke finds a transformative relationship. Um, and I don't think I can actually summarize it any better than that. Um, so the show. Whom is, does she find a relationship with? Well, it's not herself. <laughs> um, or maybe it is ultimately. Like, actually, thank God for that. This, yeah. <laughs> That's boring. That's boring. I realized boring. that my best friend was me. Right, exactly. It's, this is not a Carrie at the end of Sex in the City situation. Um, oh, actually, that wasn't even the, what happened. That should have been what happened at the end of Sex in the City. It should have been what anyway. happened. Anyway. But then they made two movies. Yeah. Instead, in fact, again, spoiler alert, she ends up with Mr. Big. So I've never actually seen an episode of Sex in the City. I mean... Or maybe I've seen one, but it didn't leave I, an impression. I can't. Unlike s- Patricia Arquette's trophy. <laughs> I can't say that I... Thank you for laughing. Yeah. It wasn't that funny, but it was kind of chuckle-worthy. You're kind. Yeah. Um, I would can't say that I recommend watching Sex and the City, but... Again, I'm not it's, going to. No, we don't have to worry about it. All right. But... <laughs> So, Work in Progress is about um, Abby McEnany, who is, in real life, is a Chicago comedian. um, And her character on the show, also named Abby McEnany, um, not a comedian. Um, But she's not a comedian on the show. She's playing a fictionalized version of herself. But she is really funny on the show. Um, However, she's also very neurotic. She has OCD. She's depressed. Uh, and we learn pretty much immediately that she's also suicidal. Um, and she's in a therapy session when uh, the show opens and she's kind of talking about her plan to kill herself in 180 days um, if her life hasn't improved. And then she kind of um, looks up and her therapist is dead um has died in her session um (laughs) yeah it's pretty so the whole show is i think really i mean it it kind of on paper sounds very bleak and dark and i think it is definitely though it is and it's like i've like i have a definitely a a sense of like humorous cynicism there totally and the whole the whole show is a lot of gallows humor it's a lot of very dark humor um but also some really silly humor and it balances the two in a way that i find incredibly appealing um and i mean the main kind of crux of the show you know is right that abby uh so this happens and her therapist dying on her i mean unsurprisingly has a pretty huge impact uh on her you know, I mean, she's a little bit traumatized by it. She's, you know, becomes a kind of running joke among her friends for the rest of the season. And, and it clearly, like, is a very sensitive topic to her. But she's uh-huh. also a really funny person and sees the humor in it. Um, but 
you know, the show, so this happens and then uh, she quickly, after this happens, you know, she's kind of talking in her therapy session, big things in her life or just that she, you know, doesn't, she doesn't like dating. She, you know, doesn't feel confident. She doesn't feel good about herself. She's very neurotic. She hates herself in a lot of ways. Um, and, you know, she then kind of immediately uh, meets um, Chris, who's a waiter and a, a trans man who's about 20 years younger than her. And there's this like instant spark between them, even though Abby's only ever dated um, cis women. Um, and she actually confuses Chris for a lesbian at first. Um, you know, she feels bad about but he clears up quickly um because he as it turns out like hasn't been able to afford uh top surgery yet and this is kind of interesting because abby has also kind of spent her whole life um you know she is kind of you know she dresses kind of like we said she's a butch lesbian she like dresses um in a pretty androgynous to kind of male leaning like presentation um, although she identifies as a woman, um, but you know, she's often confused for a man. And in fact, you know, a, a, there's a really great episode about kind of bathroom use where she really talks about her like deep, deep anxieties, you know, again, as like a, as a, she is a cis woman, but like, Mm -hmm. um, the whole episode is kind of about bathroom anxieties and she's actually like constantly being, told that she's in the wrong bathroom and stuff like that and she as a result like hates using Mm. public bathrooms and it's a really stressful experience for her and anyway a lot of the show is about the ways that we kind of perform and perceive gender and um so part of this also is you know abby's talks about how you know she's always kind of been confused for a man and like in college she was made fun of by being called pat from the SNL sketch, mm-hmm. uh, Julia Sweeney's SNL sketch. Um, and then, you know, she kind of talks about how like Pat, like kind of, you know, Julia Sweeney sort of ruined her life Aww. for a while there. And then they run into Julia Sweeney, the actually the actress Julia Sweeney in a bar. Um, and she takes the opportunity to actually tell Julia Sweeney that she ruined her life with this character. And Julia Sweeney, I'd actually had been, had a separate interview with her where she kind of talked about her regret over this character. And I didn't know, I read that article before I saw this episode of the show. Um, But it's really interesting. I mean, she really like feels really bad about, um, you know, right. Her, the way that, you know, she kind of, right. Like, I mean, this was a really awful portrayal of people who are gender nonconforming, you know, um, and so there's a really great episode where Julia Sweeney actually invites Abby and Chris over to her house for dinner with her husband, who is played by Weird Al Yankovic, <laughs> um, at playing just like an extremely boring, normal person. <laughs> but he's Weird Al Yankovic. But like when he's not on stage, he's just a uh, like, you know, regular dude who has like extremely boring interests. Um but anyway, I mean, so the show is is about the relationship that blossoms between the two of them. It's really, really funny and uh, kind of beautiful. And 
you know, I think the other interesting thing about it is the show's set in Chicago. You know, Chris is 20 years younger than Abby, and this is kind of like part of, I think, you know, this uh, kind of kickstarting of, of Abby's life is sort of seeing re sort of experiencing you know she she lives in a very specific version of like queer chicago you know her queer chicago um filled with mostly um white lesbians um versus chris's experience of queer chicago as like a 23 year old um which is just very very different you know, him him being in his 20s and kind of discovering the queer scene in the city. The queer scene has obviously changed quite a bit. They go to kind of like a queer nightclub where there's like fisting demonstrations and like, you know, it just like a lot of a lot of comparison. And there's a lot of flashbacks to Abby's um, experiences kind of coming like really becoming a queer adult in the 90s. Look, you're just being an asshole because you want me to dish about Chris. Yeah, dish, bitch. Okay. Okay. Okay, well, just ask me what you want to ask. Okay, well, first question. I guess you're not a lesbian anymore. Jesus Christ, I was already not a lesbian. Uh, It's a valid question. I'm a queer dyke. Lesbians are old women. I'm a lesbian. Exactly. <laughs> burn. <laughs> you're so burn. <laughs> okay. All right, fine. So you're a queer dyke dating a man. A trans man, yes. Yeah, well, in my book. Oh, now you have a book. That's yeah. rich. Oh, you know what? I should. It would be good. I'd buy that book. That makes one of us. Oh, come on. You'd buy my book. No, I wouldn't. You know what I do? I wait for you to give me a copy. I tell you I'd read it, then I'd slap it on my shelf and leave it there because that is what I do with books. (laughs) And I don't know, the show is just really funny and warm. It's, Abby is hilarious. Um, Some of the humor is just like, I think you would really love, (laughs) there's just really good one-liners and stuff. Abby is a character unlike any I think I've ever really seen. And so, you know, we're kind of getting to the end. I think we're on maybe, I think maybe six of eight episodes have aired. and of course, we're kind of getting into the end where we're going to every every episode is sort of marked by the the day that we're on, you know, of her 180 mm-hmm. days. And so we have to kind of find out, like, obviously what happens at the end. The show's already been renewed for a second season, <laughs> um, which is great for it. Um, and however, it leads me to believe that Abby probably does not kill herself at the end. Um, but I am really curious to see what happens it it's just i think it's like gotta be one of the most like radical presentations of queer life that has uh been on tv you know this pose Mm -hmm. i mean like but um it's really interesting i haven't seen anything quite like it and i mean i obviously as like a heterosexual cis woman like there's there's still so much that I feel like I can sort of relate to in they take very specific scenarios and I think they're really um, great at kind of universalizing them. Uh, But also I would imagine that this is a show that, you know, is just great to have representation for, I think, especially like a trans community that doesn't have a lot of representation on television, but I really, really like this show. Um, And I'm, I'm so glad that it's, 
got renewed for second season. Also interesting, uh, Lily um, Wachowski, is it Wachowski? Yeah, the, the, like of the Matrix uh, Wachowski siblings. Um, also a writer and producer of the show um, oh, and was pretty instrumental to, I think, it, yeah, getting getting signed with Showtime because uh, Abby had produced kind of just a kind of test version of it, I think, like even two years ago, um, the pilot. And then, you know, I think uh, Lily Wachowski helped it get to uh, Showtime um, and where I think it's been pretty successful. So that's the sort of one part of um, Queer Sunday Nights on Showtime. The other part is The L Word, which I could probably talk about for an hour, but um, I will Please don't. not. You never watched <laughs> The L Word, No, right? I never watched it, though. All my friends in college really were into it. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> that is, I think... The the L word generation Q I think <laughs> I'm not gonna sit here and tell you that you will enjoy this show if you did never watch the first <laughs> if yeah, you yeah. never watched the first series like I I I I don't even think because to me it's like I don't even think it's a matter of whether you've watched the L word but I think it's actually a, a question of like how many times have you watched the L word because I've met almost no one who has just watched it once <laughs> um, yeah the L word is. You know, The L Word was a pretty, again, like, radical show when it was first on, debuted on Showtime in 2004. It was the first TV show to ever have, you know, an ensemble cast of lesbians. Um, A lot of actors who actually are lesbians um, at that. But, um, you know, and it was a massively entertaining show. wasn't necessarily a very good show, but... You know, I think there was a lot of pressure on it to be a lot of things. And and what it was was a soap opera um, and, you know, didn't really bear much resemblance to any kind of real life version of like Los Angeles or, you know, just a very a universe in which everyone has a lot of time and money. Um, and I was kind of saying like, in which like no one encounters everyone, anyone who's like not like you know a nine on <laughs> like right right you know like everyone is extremely beautiful um has great clothes all the time just again the amount of free time that everyone has is truly astounding but so this is showtime's reboot of the l word which had been rumored for the last couple of years and then came about um and there's three members of the original cast on the show, Bet, Shane, and Alice. Um, I think I think Shane always an absolute fan favorite. Alice, I think, arguably also a fan favorite. Um, but then there's a whole kind of new cast of newcomers uh, who are sort of the um, millennials. I think that you could say that the original cast is squarely Gen X, um, and the new cast kind of varies from like. Mm-hmm youngish millennial to a character that's supposed to be, I think in her mid twenties. So like more zoomer perhaps, but, um, you know, so I, I think that the show still inhabits a lot of the same, um, you know, pretty much the same, like sort of fictionalized 
dream world that it that it lived in before. I think it's like corrected some blind spots, certainly a bit in its representation of having like actual having people of color in the main mm-hmm. cast. Um, notoriously, the original show's treatment of trans issues was terrible um, and had a just its treatment of its uh, main trans character was awful a character that just got just all the worst plot lines um and trans issues are also given a lot more weight and seriousness this time around um but you know again we're not looking to the l word for realism um it's still a soap um i i gotta admit that i've like been pretty all in on it um (laughs) You know, I was I said this on Twitter, but I was like on a scale of like one to ten, you know, one being not at all the L word and ten being extremely the L word. This show is rating about it also about an eight to a nine. <laughs> like, I mean, and a lot of this for me is just really the like hits of nostalgia um, in particular, like phone calls that pop up from characters that are not from from, uh, cast members that are not did not come back for this time around Mm -hmm. uh bet gets calls from her ex-wife tina who was a a mainstay on the original show um shane buys a bar and you know in typical l word fashion buys a bar uh with no planning at all and then in about three days turns it into an extremely hip lesbian bar um it's all a metaphor of actual life exactly exactly it's you know what it doesn't matter it's what it's supposed to stand for that's fine <laughs> like literally it's like the next week it's been transformed into this uh lesbian bar um and then she names it after she names the bar dana's um who was one of the most beloved characters on the original show who who died um, but you know, so I'm here for that. I'm here for the sexy sex scenes. I'm here for the drama. Um, there's a great plot line about Alice's relationship for some reason turning into a thruple with her live-in girlfriend and her live-in girlfriend. Do we say thruple or thruple? Th- oh, good point. I think I'm always reading it like, ooh, but I think you're right. It's thruple. I think you're right. Just, you know. Yeah, no, that's, that's, that's good. No, I think that's, I think that's right. Um... You know, in case you're wondering, entering into a thruple with your live-in girlfriend and her ex-wife um, when there are also two children involved, not a great idea. Um, the weird thing is, like, I've known been people considering that this. kind of did something like that. And <laughs> here's the thing. Yeah. It didn't work out well. It, and it didn't work. You're saying it didn't work out It worked work out, out well. terribly. You're saying it worked out badly. Yeah, I, it's unbelievable yeah, it's like, to me. Actually, like it's remarkably similar to what you <laughs> described. It's like I'm kind of like I'm like, do you know so and so? Yeah, <laughs> because um, this, this has happened. I'm like, okay, yeah, so this it's is like actually three happened. women, and it did not go well. It's a bad, it's a bad idea, um, yeah. a bad idea. Uh, Bet is running for mayor of Los Angeles for some reason. Um, that's fine. Uh, you know, one character is dating a priest, very 2019. Um, you know, it's just, there's, there's like, you know, it's a, it's a soap opera. So there's like 10 different plot lines and they're all extremely dramatic. Um, but I, that's what's so great about it. I don't think that anyone in the new class of, um, uh, 
you know, the L word, the new class is like really the actors are like kind of range from like, okay to pretty good. Um, there none of them are as great as, as the as strong as the original cast, honestly. And like, at least how plots. you remember. Yeah. I mean, that's true. Although it's like even comparing them to the originals who are on the show now, like it's like in terms of even just like, in terms of acting, I'm like, oh, there's no contest. Like, these people are just... I mean, I'm thinking of there's one character in particular, and the character's name is Sophie. Um, and the actress is just like, I'm like, oh, you're just, like, not very good. Um, just bad. Just bad. And so this you're is, just, like... like, you're pretty and you're comfortable doing sex scenes. Absolutely gorgeous. Um, and yes, and yes. Um, and it's, like, what I don't know what... It's, like, it's to the point where the woman who plays her... Her uh, fiance, Danny, I think is a is a pretty good actress, and the character is a lot more. The character of Dan- Danny is a lot more dynamic, and I'm like, it's like to the point where you see two people together, and I'm like, I, I don't understand why these two characters. <laughs> it doesn't make any sense that these two characters are together because yeah. why would a character that's this kind of fun and interesting um, be with this? Like, why is she so obsessed with this woman who is kind of a potato? I don't really just like in terms of her personality. I don't. I don't get it. Um, but, you know, the L word is, you know, it's definitely filling that piece of my life that, uh, you know, needs just straight up drama um, with no, you know, like, don't have to worry. It just no, there's no Trump in this world. Like, you know, it's just it's just a different universe where um Right. The only things that matter are like having sexy sex and like then having time to have just endless amounts of time to sit and have cocktails and talk to your friends about it. So in that sense, it is like, you know, actually more like sex in the city than I I guess I originally realized. But um, yeah, it's fun. I hate to say it, but it is fun. Um Another show that maybe doesn't have a lot of heavy plot, but very entertaining. The Witcher? Did you watch it? Uh, uh, so Tom watched all of it. Um, Did and Tom like it? Not like we care about his opinion <laughs> on the podcast. He... But Tom, Tom, did you like it? <laughs> He's... Uh, not here, but he um That's probably good. Did le- I don't know if he liked it, but he did watch the whole thing. <laughs> Here's the thing about it. I didn't hate it. Yeah. And but I don't think it's that great. No. And I, I that was where he landed. All of it. Yeah. I'm so good at not finishing things that are good. And yet that are good. <laughs> and I finished all of this and I re- I understood not a lot and it's not i'm like so the, i don't really know what it's about and so he plays the video best. game and he it's did a, i watched a show based on a video game you did you absolutely did and he did felt like if he right. hadn't played the video game he would have been kind of lost <laughs> it was really hard I did read, like, a recap for the first two episodes, which helped me, like, understand the universe. But um, 
And then I just kind of, I mean, I was doing other things while it was on, so I'm sure I missed stuff, but I don't think they explain things well. And I've, ha I've, ha I've talked about it with other people and it, um, it has like, it starts with like three different timelines, mm -hmm. right? It's like three different. Wow. You'd be losing me very all quickly. Converge, yeah. But they don't tell you that and they don't give you any good like cues, like, or signals that you're jumping timelines. Like there's no like, you know, soft focus for the past or like this. It's like. You, you you fully believe that all this is happening at once and then you find out like in episode like five of the eight that like, oh, wait, how? And then you get like these, then someone will, like a character will say something and you're like, I'm sorry, wait, 30 years have passed <laughs> since the last episode? They don't do like any of this sort of like, you know, legwork of creating this sense of like time. And you realize it's like, oh, I guess it's because the Witcher, like Henry Cavill's character, and then this witch person, um, who's a really bad center part that bugged me the whole time. Um, she's like really pretty, but I don't know who was styling her, but she looked terrible. Um, but like that they are both immortal, so that's why they don't age. But then no one's aging. Like they don't, they, they like completely, there's, I, there's some plot holes, right? Of like this one character. And they'll just say like, you know, that it's, it's hard to understand. And at the end, there's a big battle. And I'm not really sure what, I don't know. Huh. I'm not going to watch a second season. No, and I, I mean, I'm sure there will be one because, again. It's remarkable that I watched that whole thing. And, but it was because I didn't <laughs> stop. It's because I just started. Right, you had the momentum. Like, I started on, like, the day before New Year's when I came. I got back from Ohio. I'd, like, driven, like, and it was a horrible drive. Um, and I like was watching it and I watched like four episodes the night I got back and was like, I need to go to bed. It's like 2am went to bed. And then the next morning I didn't know what to do. So I just watched some more. And then I like went up to Philadelphia to visit friends for new year's and came back on new year's day and had nothing to do. So I was like, I guess I'll <laughs> yes, watch I better the get back to the Witcher. And I just watched the last episode of The Witcher, and I was like, well, that wasn't a fulfilling experience. <laughs> did you did you end up caring about even one of the characters? I'm sure I did. I can't remember them. <laughs> Doesn't um, matter now. It's all been I'm wiped sure from I your did. memory. I'm sure I did. I think, like, I don't and, and Henry Cavill just talks like this the whole time. <laughs> it's like a, it's like a, like, mild Batman. <laughs> okay. It's like Batman light. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, you know batman down a few grades it's like but he he's just very jaded very cynical like, <laughs> anyway it's something i appreciated about it all thriller no filler yeah was that it was like not taking itself as seriously as like game of thrones right um there were there were a lot of boobies in it Okay. Um, not too many, but like one character, like I don't know if the actress just was like really on board with like showing her tits, but like there are like full scenes where it's like, did you have to just have your dress open for this? Like while you're attacking the genie? Mm -hmm. I don't know. It was weird. But there wasn't any like gratuitous like like problematic like sex or rape, which was nice. Okay, um, that is nice. It's like, you know, low bar for these kind of shows. Sure. So. We're like, no rape. Amazing. There was no gratuitous rape scene. Yeah. <laughs> As a way to signal, like, women's hardship. Right, but, right, and this brute strength of men or whatever. Yeah, 
So, you know, it definitely is like not quite as like female gazy or male gazy, I mean, as Game of Thrones, but it was like probably not made for me. But jokes on them because I, I watched it all. Still, literally, can't even believe you watched. It. <laughs> it's I, it know, seems so not made for you that it's so not made alarming. For you video games. <laughs> the video games I've played are Mario Kart and Atari Baseball. Yeah, that's it. I've never played other video games like enthusiastically. Yeah, maybe Left for Dead. But that's just because my roommate had it. Yeah, yeah. And I probably and also I, and has yet a, I watched this. That probably and I also know what has a, a Witcher was for like the first two episodes. Turns out it's someone that's like he's like a genetic mutant. Okay, and he is able to attack monsters. So it has a sort of monster of the week vibe to it, mm-hmm. and that's where it's kind of okay. And the things where it breaks down is like, you know, stop me if you've heard this before, but in the mythology, <laughs> yeah. So yeah, I'm shocked. Story is a little weird. Hmm. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, um. Uh, five out of ten. <laughs> okay. All right. <laughs> a solid five out of ten. <laughs> it's a, I mean, maybe six. Okay. Uh, Somewhere between a five no, and a six. No, there's six out of ten shows that I think are bad. I would say I give it... How about six out... I give it six out of eleven. Uh, okay. What about four out of ten? No, that's too low. It's too low. Okay. No, it's six out of eleven is a better... It's a better percentage. It's a it's a higher sure. fraction than five out of ten. That's true. Okay, but it's lower than six out of ten. Okay, all right. Okay, so fair. It's fair. like what? That's that's like fifty six percent. Wow, still a objectively failing grade, but <laughs> it it yeah, but for me it failed. Yeah, yeah. If someone told me that they really loved The Witcher, I wouldn't be like, you're an idiot i don't you know, know I mean? that it took off the way they were hoping it would i don't think it went like yeah i mean honestly I cheer has really gotten good, more like viral press really good like you know viewership mm-hmm. because everyone that watched it was you know these video game people right it has like it's one of these things that has a built-in audience yeah 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 and the and the video game is extremely Amanda. popular apparently again i would not I, I just can't. I, I, I look at it for like two seconds and I'm like, I don't understand. I don't understand how you play these like first person games that just kind of go on and on and on. They're, They're so stressful. It's just not my they thing. They make my eyes hurt. Yeah. My eyes get all itchy. Yeah. It just doesn't. I don't get it. Um, anything anyway, else? Anyway, so we should been t- stop talking about The Witcher. Um, I also <laughs> watched. What else did I watch? Well, I watched Succession. Yeah. That was the main thing. Um, so there's this show that not a lot of people are talking about that I think everyone should watch. You think it needs um, some more attention? It's won some awards, but, you know. Um, I think once it's it, called Succession. Once it hits our podcast, it's going to really I really take think off. it can be a game changer. It's on this little network called um, Home Box Office. And, okay. yeah. and An upstart. Yeah, so I, yeah. Yeah. But it's so good. It's actually so funny. I laugh out loud a lot. Um, it's... I think that was the biggest thing that was surprising about it to me is was how funny it is. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, yeah I so was Amanda has been famously resistant to the succession train. It's because I'm a hater. Yeah, that's I'm okay. I mean, you're hater. you don't want to. You're not a bandwagon person. Um, that's true. Not going to just jump on a bandwagon. But the other thing else. was that I 
was the, the way the commercials made it seem, it was kind of like, you know, follow the palace intrigue of this rich family. Yeah, the you advertising know? does not play up. It's it doesn't make it sound as how funny yeah. it is at all. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and so I, I have no desire to watch a show about rich people and like trying to relate to them as if I could ever relate to someone that has more money than God. Right. So I was super resistant. And then some friends of ours basically convinced me back in December that I should give it a try, that I would actually really like it. And that you're so not supposed to relate to them at all. <laughs> yeah, and, and the thing is, like, it, and it's not, it's fun to not really like them because they're not totally terrible. They're they're fun to watch. Right. You, they're, everyone on that show, like, everyone. But it's not like you're watching, useless. like, the inner workings of the Trump, you know, cabinet no, or something no, like yeah. that, where they're, it's like they don't true know evil how bad doing. They are. Yeah. But no. they're utterly useless. Every single person on that show, and it's so funny. Yes, they're all idiots. Um, every single one, and people <laughs> be like, "Well, what about Shiv?" No, she's she's even terrible. Shiv is is not. I mean, here's the thing. My mom and I were actually having this debate earlier. Now, she, uh, uh, it's more about maybe it might be a little bit. Uh, maybe you haven't watched the second season yet, so maybe this is a question I'll save until after you've. Until after you've watched the second season. Okay. Um, okay. But I mean, yeah, they're all um, they're all kind of like bad at what they think they're very good at. Um, the right. second season, I will Shiv, tell you, is funnier than the first, without yeah, a, without right a doubt. Yeah. <laughs> and I was not expecting the first season to end with a um, uh, uh, what's it? <sighs> Chappaquiddick. Oh yeah. Yep. Yeah. A real Chappaquiddick situation. Um, also. But yeah. No, they're terrible. Like even. Shiv, but also, did you, the whole a good political strategist is 100 percent only hired because she's a Roy. It's so funny. Well, and then also, but I was going to say with the Chappaquiddick thing, also the story that played out last year with the ambassador, uh, the amb- was it the ambassador, the ambassador's wife, the um, oh to the UK, to the UK, it was the ambassador's wife, the ambassador's wife who who uh, hit and killed killed a, a kid. Yeah. Yeah, and then, yeah. like, just pieced the fuck out. Um, but, yeah, I thought of that. I mean, oh, horrible. Um, no, definitely, and these are, but these are not people, like, honestly, they're, like, not people without consciences, um, I think, which also makes it somewhat interesting. You kind of, like, yeah, and I think, like, think that they don't. Is, yeah, I think it's thesis is that... Um, you can be like there's no way you can be normal and a good person if you have that much money it mm-hmm. absolutely corrupts you yeah abs- they have totally. consciences they have morals but they have absolutely no concept of how to act on them as real people yes they just don't they have no concept of like how much it is worth like and you see it in the second episode when shiv just asks cousin greg for 20 bucks <laughs> right don't think anything of it and i just that right there like just imagine going up to like I would never go up to you and be like, hey, can I have $20? And you just give me 20 and I walk away as if that's not a big deal. I think that that Shiv, though, is is somehow the best at pretending that she can be sort of a normal person. Like, yeah, if if asked to, like, put on normal person mask. Um, though I do. Think and that, Roman uh, and Kendall, Kendall cannot, I think. Yeah, well, he tries too hard. I think Kendall oh, actually is actually yes. the most sympathetic character. Yes, I, I agree. I agree. And because I think that... The, the times he's the worst is when he's trying to put on the show. Yes, and that, that actually gets 
uh, a lot that's played out a lot more even in the second season. Um, but I agree that Kendall is definitely like the, I mean, he's certainly the big tragedy of the show. Um, yeah. And, and, I th- and, and it really is and like just how hard he thinks he has to try you know they all have to try to like i assume at this point have you seen the kiss from daddy um i know of it though. okay because now you're gonna need it's to watch so funny. <laughs> um with the uh, kiss from daddy yeah uh as the <laughs> as the theme song uh because well, then didn't um he brian cox give uh, yes, he kissed he, Tolkien a kiss he did at the, at, the, uh, at the Golden Globes when he, when um, he Demi, the guy who wrote that was he's like, I'm sorry, I'll never do anything like this again. <laughs> <laughs> um, it's truly, I mean, yeah, every time now you now you can't listen to the theme song without hearing who will win a kiss from Daddy. Um, but <laughs> true, I mean, that is what it is. Like, it's just. I mean, yeah. It, it the what they are forced to go what 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 Logan makes them go through uh to even just have like I mean not even his approval but like a just a tiny crumb that he throws out to them it's just uh it's it's he's I mean Logan is really awful I mean truly truly awful I think of the he's I think the most evil among them um but I'm glad that you have gotten into it. I mean, it's just so much. It's so much fun. Like, it's just so much fun. It's, it is. I, no one, you know. Well, people did tell me it was this much fun. And I believed them. And then I started watching it. What are your feelings but about. HBO did not tell me. What are your feelings about Tom Momscams? <laughs> He's my favorite character. Yeah. <laughs> without a doubt. Um, yeah. Honestly. Tom's no, like My honest opinion. <laughs> My honest opinion is that Matthew McFadden should be the one getting nominated. He's very, very he good. He plays that role so perfectly. It, he's both <laughs> at the same time that he is someone that you're like, there's no way, like, this person is so strange and I, like, I've never met anyone like him. You also have this feeling that you've met a million people like him. Yep. Absolutely. You know I mean? Oh, yeah, absolutely. He's, Another, like... He plays this lame, like bully yeah so perfectly and the scenes where he's like i always i always picture when he's does that that bullshit proposal mm-hmm. for shiv at the hospital and then she goes but you know if you were to ask i'd say yes and then his face lights up and he's like yeah <laughs> yeah let's just not have this as the moment why don't you do this again properly another time no exactly this is not the moment this didn't happen abort 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 good okay But so you know, uh, yeah, whatever. Yes? Yeah. Yes. When it happens, yes. Yes? Yeah. <laughs> so funny. Sorry. The way he does his face. It's, uh, sorry, I had an ad pop up on my, I was, I was actually looking at the succession wiki. <laughs> and then of course there's like an ad that popped up in the middle of the screen. Um, <coughs> excuse me. Um, yeah, Tom Wamskin. He's so good. So funny. I mean, yeah, I agree. Um, Matthew McFadden and uh, and and Jeremy Strong, who plays Kendall, they're just uh, yeah. I think like the thing incredible. about Kendall, he's like he he does a great job. Um, Jeremy Strong, but Matthew McFadden's character that 
requires such skill to like yeah. play someone that funny and re- it's a lot of nuance I'm like, to that I'm character. amazed by it. Yeah, to yeah. to also have Tom be Tom's just like is kind of also constantly shifting I think between sympathetic and not sympathetic at all. Um Right. Well, he's definitely the he's definitely the person that's picked on and then becomes a bully because of it. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um, he's 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 uniquely shitty, as our friend Chrissy said. He's yeah, he didn't come. Terrible. I mean, he's you know he wasn't he's a coward, and he wasn't raised with this kind of money. You know, he comes into it and he just seamlessly gloms onto it. Yeah, um, and and into this universe and is able to like take on this persona, right, right, and becomes the kind of victimizer that that having this kind of money and power. You know, yeah. Whereas the rest of the Roy children were just grew up that way, <laughs> and were always right. expected to to turn out that way. It's like Tom just takes to it, kind of like a fish to water. Um, <laughs> but and and Tom, I think, has his sympathetic moments though in relation to. I think his. I actually find his especially re- in relation to Shiv. exactly. I actually find his relationship with Shiv to be really interesting, um, and that also kind of continues to play out because their wedding is in the first season, right? You saw the wedding. Yeah. It's yeah. at the end of the, yeah. that's where he gets in the Chappaquiddick. Right. Oh, that's right. Of course. You know, yeah. In England. The, the technical term. <laughs> yeah. Where he pulls a Chappaquiddick. Yeah. Um, yeah. That's right. In England. Yeah. So I'm very excited for you to get into the second season. Thank you very much. Thank you. Um, we were going to talk a little bit. I think we'll talk about this more on our next episode, but I want to mention it because it yeah. has been. So I started watching. Um, oh, I, I started watching it and then finished watching. <laughs> um, yeah, you're done. <laughs> very quickly in quick, in quick, uh, in quick succession. Um, the documentary series Cheer on Netflix, which I started watching basically, I feel like, the internet kind of bullied me into it because everyone was talking about it. Yeah, everyone's been talking about it. I watched the first episode. Yeah. So I still have the rest, I've, I guess, five to go. I would say that I was fully hooked by, like, the end of the second episode. Um, at first, I think I was a little bit like, mm, what are people so high about? But um, by the end of the second episode... I mean, episode, I kind of, honestly, I was kind of hooked in the first ten minutes where, like, Daytona competition... <laughs> is the be-all, end-all of college cheerleading. I was like, oh, I got to know if they win. Whoever it is I'm watch- about to watch this documentary about, I got to know if they win Daytona. It's And and you will not find out until the last episode. Um, every, I'm the not going to spoil it for myself. Nope. Um, and the whole, I did not spoil it for myself either. Um, you know, the whole season is kind of leading up to, it's, you know, about, so cheer is about um, the cheerleading squad of navarro college which is a community college um near dallas that has i mean like two hours away from dallas i thought it was like i thought it was like 20 miles is it that far maybe it is oh maybe it's 20 miles i'm picturing a two it's kind of uh i mean it is sort of like it's a small town. it's a small town it's a very small town i could be wrong also it could be yeah it could be farther than that I think Dallas was the closest. I mean, Texas is just annoying. Yeah, Texas is just so fucking big. Um, but they have won the National Cheerleading Championships uh, 14 times in the last 20 years. So they are the, like, reigning, and they are, in fact, the reigning champions um, from 2018. Um, so, you know, this show is basically six episodes about 
the squad and the kind of like, I guess maybe like two month, three month lead up to the national championships, which are in Daytona Beach, Florida. It's basically like a condensed version is basically if you've seen bring it on (laughs) it's real life it is real life although you know everything i was reading they actually you know specifically say (laughs) in the show they're like if you've just seen bring it on you don't know anything about about cheerleading and i'm like okay i've seen bring it on like 15 times does that change things (laughs) um and uh, yeah i it it's definitely the same vibe it's definitely the same vibe down to and the sportsmanship of of totally and also down to their uh chief rivals just being like right down the road <laughs> literally oh I, oh I haven't gotten there yet. yes Yay. their their chief rivals um really like the only competition apparently like kind of in the same kind of you know universe as them uh are another college that is um just like a few towns over from them um so yeah, and I mean, you just get to know different members of the squad over the six episodes, and a lot of them have had really, a lot of the members of the team have had really difficult um, childhoods and, and backgrounds and kind of what led them here, including what led the coach to this place, this one, um, Monica, um, who is just simultaneously very inspiring and terrifying. Um, I'm very curious to see what you think of, of Monica. <laughs> um, yeah, she seems like a bitch, but I'm, she I'm so does. <laughs> not sure if that's good or bad. Yeah, I think there were a lot of times where I thought she was way too much. And then there are moments with her where I think she's actually pretty amazing. And, and the, 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 um, I keep trying to say kids, but they're like not kids. They're like, these are adults because <laughs> um, they're all like, you know, they're all about 20, 21 um, and maybe a little bit younger than that, like 19. I think everyone's between 18 and 21. Um, and they are just absolutely devoted to this woman. Um, and she's definitely absolutely devoted to them. And there are moments where that really shines through and i think those are some high points of the show but it's really good so amanda's gonna watch some more of it and we'll talk a little bit more about it yeah yeah we don't want to say any more because i have so much more to go yeah it's it's very it's very engrossing i watched the whole thing in yeah two days um so so we know what i'm gonna be watching well you mentioned the good place oh i did mention that that too and i also was talking about cheer but yes oh right (laughs) um right you know the show you're just talking about yes um and the good place is back this week with its final few episodes so sad um i think that you know what else is also about to be back which i didn't mention on here but is the final few episodes of bojack oh yeah the second half of the season comes on this month i think that is next week um oh boy that's soon i know um got a lot to do sarah what else this is a busy month january did not used to be a busy tv month it's gonna be busy month i found december was pretty quiet for me i didn't really watch a lot but um so high maintenance is back this sunday i'm very favorite yeah i just watched the trailer today um uh ira glass plays a role i'm very excited about that i live my life in the intersection of this american life and and high maintenance (laughs) that's so sad (laughs) that's where i this is where my 
my interests collide. Um, so I'm really excited about that. Uh, the last season was so good. The other thing I just found out is about to debut. Actually, I didn't just find this out because Jillian Anderson has been Instagramming about it for weeks. <laughs> but um, Sex Education comes back this weekend. Oh, yeah. Are you going to... What do you think about that? I don't know. I don't know either. I'm not I'm not 100% sold on watching more of Sex Education. There's something weird about that show to me. Yeah, it doesn't stand... It's not like... It's not, not like it stands out as a favorite of mine from last year even though i did quite enjoy it i think yeah when i watched it i'm unsure if this would be a watching or no i'm not it's like one of these things where i'm like i think i liked it and i'm not sure if i need any more of it yeah i liked it mostly for jillian anderson but Mm -hmm. yep yeah i don't know that i'm dying for more sex education um so yeah that could Um, go either way for me I'm planning to watch, there's this new, I think it's debuting this week, so it's one episode at a time. I might try to watch the pilot of this new freeform show um, called Everything's Going to Be Okay, and it's about these three half-siblings. One of them is Australian, who um, their father dies, and so they're just three, you know, young adult slash teenage maybe orphans, and they have this house, and they're living together, and it just looks sweet and kind of funny, and it's gotten really good reviews. Hmm. So I think I might give I that a try. Of, uh, oddly, I had not heard of the show on Australian Freeform. How did you find it's out It's not about Australian Freeform. It's an Australian character. Oh. It. It's definitely just Freeform. <coughs> Got it. I don't think there's an Australian <laughs> Okay, I was like, there's an Australian version of Freeform and you know what's on it? Okay. Yeah. Um, I put Australian in the wrong place okay. in that sentence. <laughs> it's what you might call a misplaced modifier. Got um, it. And there's also this French show on Netflix that looks like 100% grade A trash for Amanda's trash corner. It's called, it's French, and it's called, the translation is Bonfire of Destiny, which is such a stupid name. And yeah, that's just a about, collection of words. That doesn't mean anything. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, <laughs> do you mean Bonfire of Vanity? <laughs> yeah. Um, it's the, the... The summary is, after a devastating fire in 1897 Paris, three women find their lives upended by betrayal, deception, and romantic turmoil. Inspired by real events. And then the like the poster for it, the TV poster, these three women that look, they're 100% are not in 1897. It looks like a CW <laughs> show, and I'm going to give it a go. Uh, okay, so we're going to heap that on because the heap. It, it's in French, so it's a foreign show, so it's actually rendered more classy. Okay, right. It's just immediately. Yeah, that's how that's how it works. Yeah, yeah. yeah. If it's in so, French, I have more respect for it. Um, exactly. All right. What so, are you not watching? Uh, I'm not watching <laughs> a show that had um, was relentlessly advertised to me during the Golden Globes. Um, Zoe's extraordinary playlist. Yeah, they really were pushing. They that were pushing hard. that hard. Everything about that trailer annoyed me. <laughs> just everything about it i'm not a big jane levy fan um who's the star of the show she was she's been in some things i don't yeah she looks familiar think she's some great actress um skylar astin also stars in this show which is a bad omen in my opinion um you're terrible don't love him although lauren graham is in it um glad that i'm just glad that lauren graham can probably get cast in a network tv show like with her eyes closed and her hands tied behind her back i guess um so good for her 
But um, this is a show about a woman who, like, is having an MRI and there's an earthquake while she's in the MRI. And when she gets out of the MRI, everyone is, like, singing songs all the time is what I can get. I'm not as bothered by this as you are. Yeah. This seems fine. I'm 100% not going to watch this. But... So I'll allow it on our list. (laughs) I... But this is not that offensive to me. Well, see, and I like it when it's, like, when shows do this and they... And it's, like, original... I mean, that's a valid critique. Music. You know, like, Crazy Ex-Girlfriend, obviously, or even, like, one-offs of other shows, you know, that do musical episodes, like Buffy or whatever... But I, something about the fact that, you, well, you just called this, like, you're like, so it's like Glee. And I'm like. It's like Glee. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That is what it, like, they're just singing. And at least in Glee, they had a structure that made sense of, like, they're an acapella group. And also, like, that was kind of a twist on the songs also is that they're, you know, acapella. Um, and that requires some, like, real, you know, I think. Not that I'm a fan of acapella, yeah. but you see what I'm saying. Um this is just like people are singing top 40 hits. Okay. Yeah, that's not that great. <laughs> yeah, I don't. This is just not. Um, this is not a show for me. Uh, and it was just like, I just watched that freaking commercial so many times that I was like, literally like wrote in my phone. I, was, <laughs> I made a note in my notes app. I was like, remember this show for not watching. <laughs> not watching this show. Um, but do you have a not watching? I think that'll, that'll just, just be it. it. I that'll feel like I have there's one, enough. But there's maybe. enough there that it can go for both of us. I think so. Yeah. yeah. Um, so I think that's it for us this week. We had a lot to catch up on. We're get moving back towards a normal uh, schedule where we're, you know, not trying to cover 19 pieces of television in one episode. Uh, yeah. Hopefully, but you know. That was, uh, that's the first boob tube of 2020. Oh my gosh. Start of a new decade or the start of the end of the last decade, depending on who All right. you want to follow on Twitter. Well, um, as always, Sarah, Yeah, it's been a very pleasure. It has. It's been a real one. All right. A real one. <laughs> All right. I'll talk to you soon. Uh, bye. Bye. Good night.